The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Tom, we got a big one today. This we got a great guest. Um, this guest has is a teammate of yours. Yes. No, no guessing though. No. no. He uh, scored fifty goals for two teams. Wow. He scored three hundred ninety-five career NHL goals, and and for me as a fan, don't guess yet. When I was a little kid, I wanted a Pierre LaRouche mustache. Ah, yeah. Pierre LaRouche. Peppy, what's happening, brother? How are you? How are you doing, Tommy? Really good. Great to see you. Great Always see great you. to see you. So I, I, the first, I, I know we're going to jump around a little bit here, but the first uh, question I have to ask you, if this is really a true quote from you, when you're in Montreal, you got asked about back checking, and you said, uh, I heard that you had said, I get paid $250,000 a year to score goals. If they want me to back check, they're going to have to pay me another $250,000. Is that well, accurate? Actually, it was in I was in with the oh. Penguins in oh. Vancouver, and the reporter came in as usual. So they left, and one of the in the room, I said, "Well, they paying me one fifty. They were not paying me one fifty. <laughs> if they pay me one fifty to score, it's going to demand another amount for me to come back. It's a long way <laughs> from from one net to the other when you can cross check your face in the ice." Oh. And you look up and the puck's going the other way. Whoops. Oh, that's funny. I remember hearing that line. I didn't know you at that point, obviously. That, and I heard that line. I was like, oh, that's classic. You know, now that I know you, that I can just hear you saying this. <laughs> Good. So, Pierre, where are you from originally? What's your hometown? I was born in a little town called Peshro. And uh, it was only 800 people. Later on, we moved to, to the town where I grew up called Amos. It's like 400 miles northwest of Montreal. I think I was in Amos when I was in the agent business. I had a tournament there for a, a junior tournament there or something. So, yeah, cool. they did. They had a big midget tournament. So, yeah, you saw the darkness, I guess. Oh man, cold and dark. <laughs> oh, it was. I remember that. That was probably one of the cold. And I've been out to Western Canada and all that, but that was one of the coldest places I've ever been. That was cold. Yeah, we we're used to it, but ugh. yeah. So, uh, so when you were growing up as a kid, I mean, you had all the talent scoring goals. Uh, is that just natural? You you were that talented when you started? Yeah, from the get go. Uh, a friend of mine the other day told me that his dad used to say, you should see this kid skate. So I guess skating was first before they noticed anything. Oh, really? Oh, is your yeah. skating before you stick five years old. I was started wow. at three, but I was five years old at the time, I think. And my buddy, his dad said that you should go see that kid, that kid skate. So wow. that's, that's how cool. I was told at first. Very cool. So when I was six years old, I determined I was going to play in the National Hockey League. Right. I was terrible. I couldn't stand up on skates. But I just decided that I was going to play in the NHL. Were you that way? Was it your dream? Oh, yeah. when you were young that, that's your dream, right? Like yourself, yeah. no matter what. You're out there yeah. playing in, in the cold weather outside. That's all we did. We, we couldn't go in the, in, in, the, in the building where the roof was. And it was just for, like, older players. And uh, so we once a month, the father at our school would bring us to play in, inside the building. We thought it was huge, but it turned out to be very oh. small. Oh, is that right, eh? So the rest yeah. of the time you had to be outside all the time. Wow. Oh, That's yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. We, we had the big ring for the big boys, the middle for the middle, the little for the little one. And you had to bring a shovel because if you didn't have a shovel, you couldn't play because it snowed. So no <laughs> shovel, no play. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So uh, when was it then you first realized, you know, geez, I maybe have a shot at being an NHL player. Was it pretty young? Yeah. 
always was in my mind. I think that uh, watching on TV and you see Montreal play and yeah, and you get to a point where you you start realize you got skill, but you know the the dream is there. But like like yourself, you believe in it till but. The first time you step on the ice as an NHL hockey player, you realize you made it, and that's amazing. You know, people ask me sometimes, too, whether uh, anybody really told you that you couldn't play. And I, I remember a lot of people saying to me, Tom, you're not going to play in the National Hockey League. But the two people more than anybody, my parents, never they didn't say you're going to play. They didn't say you're going to play. They just never took the dream away. Were your parents like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> we, uh, I mean, everybody played. My sister was probably the best skater. I was, a, I was the last of 10, but my sister was probably the best skater we had, so. <laughs> she would oh, like you would, well there's 10 kids in your family yeah i was the last one <laughs> wow is that right your parents know what causes that now right <laughs> <laughs> it was a little cold it's cold up there they gotta do something what else do you gotta do <laughs> <laughs> uh, are your parents uh, both still with us no no they oh. died uh, a few years ago at least more than a few years ago and uh <clears throat> you know it's like anything else in life stuff happens so yeah move on yeah yeah, so they must be pretty proud of you too, right? My mom was, my dad too, but my dad never really was the kind of guy that would say, you know, job well done. He would look and he didn't yeah. say much, but you, I'm sure he was proud. Yeah, I know. Isn't that the, my father's like that too? He, I know he was very proud of me, but yeah, he just didn't. There was no "I love you" or Thomas. Well, or proud that of was the old school then, Tommy. You're not supposed yeah. to say to your kids you love them because they were your teacher. I guess they tried to teach you as good as they could, but yeah. I, and and there are ways. And those days, they thought that doing that was the right you know the right thing to yeah. do so you know. yeah very true later on in life my i started my father and i would say to love each other but yeah early on yeah there's none of that stuff no it, it took a while yeah i mean when my mother was uh, passed away she had a long battle with cancer and i uh, went to say goodbye to her and i started getting a little teary-eyed and she goes no no there'll be none of that she was just like she was in pain and everything but she didn't want her son crying so i know i know her stuff so yeah. um so where'd you go play junior then i went to quebec the right parts uh we're the one that uh, uh, in, in our area scouted a lot. So I went there when I was 16 and around, I don't remember when. We were playing in Sorrel and the trainer said, you got traded on the other side. I said, really? Wow, oh. okay. So I went that day, played against the team I was with that oh. same night. It was pretty wild. Wow. And uh, after that, I guess it's the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, well, history is, Tom, he, in his last year in junior, he put up. 251 points. Wow. 94 goals. Wow. And that, so was that as an 18 year old? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you were drafted and you turned pro right away, right after drafted? Yeah. I was uh, eight overall from, for the Penguins. Oh, that's right, too. Eight overall. Yeah. So was, did you have to, did you go to the draft back then? No, no, no. I was playing golf actually in my little nine hole back home. And somebody called me. They said, Hey, Mark Buello, the coach of the Penguins, wants to talk to you. I was like, uh, okay, I, you know, the, I knew the draft was going on, but those days you didn't. In 1974, yeah. you just found out when the person called you. So he right. called. He was French Canadian. and started speaking French. I said, "Well, I'm looking for a training camp right now. I'm on the sixth hole, so I'll talk to you later. I got to go finish my round." <laughs> <laughs> I can just hear you saying that too. That's your yeah. verse right there. Listen, I said, thank you so much. I appreciate that, but I got to. I'm on the oh. sixth hole, so I'll talk to you later. But, oh, that's funny. <laughs> Pierre, did you expect to go higher? Was it? Was there any expectations oh, I, before that? The expectation was, I don't care. I just want to get drafted. You even if you, I mean, the whole dream was to play in it, and you didn't believe it till you played in it. So even if you got drafted, how many people got drafted that yeah. that didn't last and high draft choice? Right. That yeah. that just you know because it, it's a different game altogether when you get to NHL compared to junior or college. It's, it's quick, it's fast. You got to have that step, and uh, sometimes 
you know, it, it's well, been done before where guys got drafted really high, never made it. So yeah, well, that just, year Greg, Greg Jolly was the number one overall pick. Yeah, he was the one overall. I was looking the other day uh, out of my first round pick in 1974, and I think that me and Todd Gillis is the only guy who scored 300 goals on that first round pick. I'm not wow. too sure, but I think somebody told me, and I looked at it. Something like that. Me and Clark were the only one to score 300 or more than 300 goals in the first first round draft pick in 74. It looks, oh. That looks about right. Dave Maloney was actually a friend of yours, Tom, was picked that, that draft as oh, well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Pierre, were, yeah. you, were you hoping to go to the Canadians? They had, somehow they had four no, picks that I year told, in the first round. I told them I didn't want to because I knew what they did to their players. They'd send them in Halifax for three years or whatever. That's the way they did business. So the World Hockey was there too. And I did mention the fact that if I would go to Montreal, I would go to World Hockey and they would lose their draft choice. Oh, oh you funny, said that to him? Wow. Yeah, but the funny story is not that, Tommy. So I get drafted by Pittsburgh. I get a no trade, no minor contract because, you know, you, you're 18 years old. You don't want to – who knows what's going to happen, right? Yeah. And those days playing in the minor league was like playing worse than junior. That's hmm. all they did is punch each other and just, you know, it was like a war out there. And after junior hockey, I didn't, I didn't want to continue. And yeah. it was anyway, but, uh, you know. That's good. Uh, so did you have an agent? Guy no, knew that no, but it, listen, to finish that story. So I get – a call from Montreal that the Montreal Canadian wants me. And at the time, Bass Bastien was our general manager in Pittsburgh, couldn't play my my bonus in December. So I said, Montreal wants you. So I said, well, you can't pay my bonus. I mean, it looks like we're going to hit the wall here. So I said, all right, go ahead, trade me. So I got traded. Then uh, Sam Pollock was a Canadian general manager in uh, in my draft here in 74. And we're talking November 70, 77? 77, 77, and then I, we flew to Pittsburgh. The team flew to, to Montreal, and I told Rick Keel, Ricky, I got just traded to Montreal. He goes, ah, get out of here. Don't, you know, I said, yeah, okay. So the next day, Sam Pollock saw me, and he said to me, Pierre, I knew at one point I would get you. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how they worked. That's why Sam Pollock was such a great mind, because he didn't, I mean, he told me, I said, I knew I'd get you. That's funny. That is good. That is good. So Pittsburgh couldn't pay your signing or the bonus. If you look back at the history of the Penguins, after that, they just got rid of everybody. Everybody was gone. I remember uh, EJ, EJ Johnson, who was the general manager and coach of the Penguins in 1983 or 82. At 21 guys at training camp, everybody made the team. So they had two towels per guy. All kinds of crazy stories that just had no money and and, and, I, didn't know, days, I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't know it was that bad. I knew they were tough, tough on money, but wow, that's oh, something. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I had to freaking bring my stick home. <laughs> I was afraid <laughs> somebody would steal them. I mean, you, oh, I right? was lucky because the guy in Sherbrooke, uh, I was playing with a Sherwood at the time and uh, whatever. He was a friend of mine, so I would, I would get sticks, but I would tell him to send them to my house, not to the locker room oh. because we had no we couldn't get sticks i mean they were not paying their bills you know? i like, didn't know wow i didn't know it was that bad yeah. what year did uh so you got out of pittsburgh you're there about two years out of pittsburgh i was three and a half, three and a half years. To, oh. that's never at the end i was at the end of november i got traded to montreal wow but pierre had a he had a good rookie year with the penguins and then his second year he exploded uh 53 goals 111 points at that point you've kind of arrived in the nhl right pierre are you, are you feeling it then well I, it's funny because I was born on the 16th, and at the time I scored my 50th goal, I was the youngest ever. But not only that, I was the 16th player in the history of the league to score 50 goals in the season. So you start looking at numbers that I like to look at all the time. And you look back and you go, wow, it's pretty amazing. You're almost like a, a line to where I was going all, you know, it's like almost a push toward where I'm supposed to go. So, right. You ever think uh, that you should have been in the Hall of Fame? Uh, 
Well, I got hurt at the end. So I guess if I had accomplished numbers, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Uh, it's like but look at your numbers, though, right? You played over 800 games. You got over 800 points. You get over a point a game, right? Right. But it, it's okay. My peers know what I did. Uh, obviously, yeah. you know, you, anyway, it yeah, is well, what I, it is. I got no yeah. problem with it. Well, I definitely play with you. So obviously, you know the story. But when Ted Sater came in, he said you to Hershey, right? Yeah. I, thank God. Yeah, I was protected by about 10 toughest kids I ever seen. Oh, is that right? <laughs> that was the flyer. See, that's the whole funny story about that is that because, and it's smart when you think of it, when the Rangers signed Sater, the flyers asked that one player protected in the draft. Not you not leave open to be picked in the wave as a waiver player. I have to be picked from the team. So say they didn't like me, obviously, because yeah. we didn't see each other. Like I think it started when we ran the mile, and he said that my mile was not too good. I said, if I want to go for the Olympics, let me know. I'll train for that purpose. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, it, not I was not saying it bad way. I'm just saying, listen, I'm a hockey player. Yeah. I'm not a freaking guy that runs around that track for a mile. When hockey's no. here, I'll play. Don't worry about you know. I'm like no. anyway, so. I'm the one who wound up going sent to Hershey. And about two weeks later, Bobby Clark came to see me play. And he goes, what the heck happened? What did you do? I said, well, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And they tried to. And, and the conversation with Rob Ingram at the time, uh, who was my agent, who lives in Long Island, uh, talked to Patrick, that, that whatever the thing's well, you know, Craig, if you feel that bad, just tear up his contract because Bobby Clark wanted me to go to Philly. I mean, he was like, I mean, whatever happened to you, whatever. And the funny story about that, you were on my team then in yeah. 86, and we freaking beat them in the yeah. playoff. After me spending all this time in the, and, 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 and their minor league team, helping X-Tall on breakaways after practice to teach him like better. Uh, John right. Paddock was the coach. He said, Pierre, stay after practice and, and go one-on-one -on, -one on him, help him out. So, and bang, he was screaming at me during the playoff. He was mad. He was <laughs> like, he, I knew all his weaknesses. I'm sure I told the boys like da-da-da. Uh, but anyway, we might not be in them. That's a funny story about all this. Yeah, yeah. Is that all this thing happened. Sometimes you think it's bad and it turned out to be yeah. Those two and a half months, whatever I came back up, I don't remember. But there was so much fun. I felt like junior hockey again. Yeah. Guys on the bus talking to each other. Yeah. And yeah, I thought it was going to be really bad. And it turned out one of the greatest experiences I ever had playing hockey. Oh, very cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not at the time, but now I realize yeah. it was. Yeah. So, so Pia, can we go back to when you arrived at the Canadians? Because you're hometown kid, a lot of pressure there. And then you're you're there for two cups. Can you talk about that a little bit? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last one. Last you, one. You're there for two Stanley Cups. Can you right, talk about right, that right. a little bit? Well, the first year, seventy, Cindy got my wife Cindy got sick in '79. I didn't play much that year, and I didn't play much playoff because hockey was really, and <laughs> when she got cancer, was was really back on the burner as far as like, you know, it, it, you just got married two years, your wife has cancer, doctor says she may die. You're like, okay, you're 22 years old. You go, whoa, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that coming. But anyway, so uh, you get there and. Uh, very demanding, obviously. I think at practice we had like between thirty and fifty reporters, written and video, and and you know, interview stuff. Every practice, every practice, the practice almost was judged more than a game because if you're on the ice and you like, let's say that '79 season, I was, I didn't really want to be there. So obviously, my body, uh, well, do you say the word that the 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 glow coming out of my body was really bad, and then. They would write in the paper, oh, you know, he, he didn't smile. He's pissed off. And because we never, Cindy didn't want me to tell the press that she had cancer. Oh, right. She wanted to keep it herself so yeah. nobody knew. And at the end, a little bit, they come to me I, I, after I left. They, they said, we kind of knew it. And I said, well, I appreciate not saying nothing because she didn't want to be 
you know, they say nothing. So it was like, you said, oh, well, he's mad, he's pissed off. But that was not, I was thinking about my wife, but that's the way the press in New York was. I mean, New York and Montreal. Every day you had to prove yourself, not to your teammates, well, the coach, yes, because Scotty was like Scotty, but the press just looking, we had so many that they just looked for anything to, to you know, to throw out there. So that, that's the difficulty playing in Montreal is the press, they'll chew you up and spit. They want to trade someone, they'll, 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 they'll trade them for them. Yeah. They'll just start boring the, the shit out of them and they'll be it. So did your teammates on the team know about your wife? Oh, yeah. Okay. They know. Right. That's, that's the thing you want, right? You want your teammates to understand because, you know. But it's always know. been like that, you know, Tom. The respect of your teammates. Yeah. The opposition. That's the purpose of getting the NHL. So you, you, you wind up getting the respect like yourself. Tough defenseman, good puck movements. It's, you keep an eye on it because it'll hit you. I know because you broke my hand once, you mother. Anyway. <laughs> wait, wait, we've got to talk about that. Did I really break your hand? I got a new pair of gloves. Started yeah. the season. I got a good, great start, actually. And missed the guy brings me a pair of new gloves. They're light try it in the first pair. Tommy slashed me and he broke two bones in my left hand. I, I, did, I didn't know that, Pierre. Well, it's okay. It's all good. It's part of the game. You're oh, doing your God. job. That's why I said uh, stay away from him. He'll fucking uh, hit you. <laughs> when, did you get, get when, did you get, when did you get traded to, to the Rangers then? I didn't get traded to the Rangers. I was in Hartford. Uh, that was my punishment. Of oh, the Canadian, they will never send you to a team that will be coming back in the playoff and beat you. So I went to Hartford. My contract was up. I'm, I'm sure you remember the name Ross Anderson. He was our yeah, captain, sure. tough yep. guy. Yep. Calls me, goes, holy shit, Pierre. July 2nd, they forgot to send us our contract. We're free agent. I said, what are you talking about? We're free agent. You have to receive your offer by July uh, 1st. If you don't get it, automatically become a free agent without compensation. Wow. Wow. So I get this. I was ready to the contract gets... Russ is the one who called me because I was ready to sign a contract and send it back. I said, oh, okay. And I think uh, my wife called Craig Patrick. I said, Pierre's a free agent. I think he'd be on, good on your team. <laughs> you sure did. your wife called? Yeah, she did. Wow. So, whatever. Next thing I know, I'm, in, I'm at Rye and with the Rangers. Well, what year was that then they signed it? 83. 83. 84. So Hartford, who's the general manager in Hartford? That Emil, Emil Francis. That's oh. not a story in itself. We're no time oh, wow. That's that's yeah. bad. So, That's bad. So you're on the Rangers because Emil Francis forgot to send you a contract. Yeah. Me, Russ Anderson. Russ went somewhere else. Somebody else, they forgot. Wow, I forgot about that. Wow, that's that's rare. Or maybe that's... they didn't want us there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was. Yeah. But you also, I don't want to overlook, you You scored 50 again with the Canadians. And then you yeah. get that, to the Rangers that first year, and you have a magical year with the Rangers. And, and what happens then? 48. Actually, I'm the only center in the history of Montreal that ever scored 50 goals. All that stuff now that I don't play anymore, it's coming my way. People are sending me stuff. Did wow. you know? And I knew I was the only guy that scored 50 in Montreal because I did that in 1980 and I was breaking Mr. Bellow's record. And I mean, that was wow. unbelievable, just that wow. itself. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, breaking his record. He's a legend. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. This is, this is this wow. like, but you, when you play with a guy like Gila Fleur and Steve Shot, you get some. Pretty good yeah. setup, you know. Yeah. They don't throw the puck in your skate. It was, I gotta tell you the funny story about that. We're we're in Toronto, me and Guy on a two-on-one, and I threw the puck in his skate, but you know the way he was, he quickly quickly boom boom scores. I was as we're skating back on the bench, and I'm I'm gonna say it clean the way he said it. Yeah. He goes, You threw that puck in my skate one more time, motherfucker. I said, What are you talking about? <laughs> so you scored. He goes, No, no, my skates are made for skating, my stick is made to receive the puck. Oh, uh, that's said, funny. That that's the way it was. Hit my, you know. Was he joking or is he serious? Oh, you're serious. Don't you oh. throw that my skate again. I said, okay, oh, no problem. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been Gila Fleur saying that to you. Like, okay, I guess I got to get it right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the way funny. it was. 
I mean, oh, pretty much fine. everybody, Larry Robinson. I mean, there was everything was on tape. If you throw in the skate, they were like, no, 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 no. Larry was great. He, I, Larry was an idol of mine. I mean, I got to play with him in LA at the end of his career. Oh, what a man! Huh? What a great, great guy. guy. Yeah. Oh, what just an like, awesome guy, Big Bird. Just like a little kid. He's like yeah. a little kid out there too. He's just having a ball, even at like yeah. whatever age he was. Yeah. Every day, even the wintertime outside, throwing snowball. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. just, just, just yeah. as you know, you need you need a bunch of great guy to win. Yeah, that's, that's the difficulty of the, of doing that is to put them all together. So I know Bobby Orr was great, Dennis Poffin was great, and everything. But Larry Robinson to me just did everything, and he's he was fantastic. Well, look at it this way, Tommy. We got lucky because we played in a time pretty much where the end of great rush skating with the puck yeah, and all that yeah. stuff was coming to an end because it's yeah. over now. Nobody skates with it anymore. Very rarely when it's done, everybody gets excited yeah. because taking the red line out, as far as I'm concerned, well, it's bad for the defenseman too because now you got another yeah. 60 feet to come after the guy to run him in the corner where yeah. the goalie can't come out anymore and help. I don't know why yeah. they passed that draw, but anyway, so yeah, I, I mean, I the game has so, changed. So you got 48 goals that year. Now I know the answer to this question, but do you want to uh, tell us what happened while you didn't get to 50? My wrist. Freaking, remember the commercial? You crushed a freaking can of coke down, and, <laughs> were, were you, I, and I broke a small bone in my wrist. Wait, let's go. Let's go through this because Pierre, as, again, I, I'm a, I'm a fan, and I'm we're watching you. We're hoping you get 50. Uh, like 47 towards the end of the season, right? Uh, 48 with three games to go and two against Hartford. That was oh. another story in itself. So were you were you mad when you tried to crush the can, or were you just joking around? I can't. No, remember. I was joking around. When, oh. You know, in the back, we went through a yeah. game, yeah. and the can was there, and it slipped and just cut back. And I was like, you freaking idiot. I, I was sitting sit right there beside you, too. Anyway, yeah, that was funny. Stupid stuff, you know? <laughs> but you came back for the playoffs, all right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I was back. Oh, God. Uh, so I don't know if you tell the story. I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but I, I got to keep remind myself I got to tell the story. And you may not have heard this. So when you were at Hershey, uh, it was near the end of the year, I think, and we weren't scoring a lot of goals. We were out in L.A. up by the pool, and uh, Bob Brooke, Gresh, and myself were captains. And Ted Sater calls us over. I'll never forget sitting by the pool. And he says, uh, you know, we're not scoring enough goals. Do you think we should call up Pierre LaRouche? And Gresh and I are looking like, well, yeah, you never should have sent him down, you idiot. Yeah. So uh, so we had a vote, I think. And I think Bob Burke was involved. I vote. remember that. I, I, yeah. I, I, Did you I know that story? Very, I was very thankful in, in, in many ways because that's where's my team and you guys. I, I, I love yeah. you guys. and yeah. But I was not too happy about it. I was yeah. like, you know. Well, that was when he – didn't he send uh, Nicky and uh, Mike oh, Rogers? Oh, Nicky sent uh, – Mike Rogers. He sent? Mike Rogers, Caulfield, Rogers. I mean, like he moved a lot of people yeah. out. Uh, Glennie Hanlon, I think he said Glennie Hanlon had around that too, didn't oh, he? Yeah. Some stupid thing. I mean, because uh. if you look at that, I remember because going back to that race again, who finished first was that kid from Alaska. I, oh, I yeah. think you remember yeah. that at training camp. And yeah. I think Andre Dory lit him up, and that was it. We never saw him again. Yeah. He finished first in the race, and said it was going, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, oh, okay, okay, give us a week to get ready, and we'll see what happens to you, you know? Remember Mark Pavlich was running in his loafers or something, too, and oh, he actually did. That was what I'm saying. Like, what are we doing? I mean, uh, that's that we, we're skate-pushing sideways, yeah. not going straight forward. I, I don't know why you – I understand the yeah. purpose of – at the time, they don't do that anymore. Now it's all controlled, yeah. and yeah. it's great to watch. But uh, anyway, it was, it was what it was. It's all great memories. Yeah. So, so Pierre, you come back after that call up, and how do you play for Sater at that point? Is you you're just playing for I your teammates? Playing, no, I was playing for my guys. And uh, then you guys go on a magical run. Well, we get Will Pamon gets on my right wing, and I don't remember who has my left wing. Then Tommy, Larry Melnick, and I forget name. I'm sure I will. We went to Philly, and we stood up to them, and they got. I mean, they had a tough team. That yeah. and Brown, Tuckett, on and yeah. on and on. But the first game, we, we talked about on the way to Philly. 
we we knew that that's always what they did. So we knew it was coming our way. But yep. you guys stood up for them. We fought them. You guys fought them, and we scored a couple of goals, and they were like, whoops. Well, what I liked for that team, too, is that uh, even when we didn't fight, we didn't let their intimidation work, right? We didn't no, let no. them push us around, yeah. I always remember Will saying, don't you worry. And Will was a tough, tough, tough as nail. Oh, yeah. I said, don't, he said, don't worry. Do your thing. Don't worry. I said, all right. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. worry because I know that we team we have. Let's go. Yeah. Because we yeah, finished was, well. We played well. That was a good so, team, yeah. That was, that was a really we close. When Montreal, we ran out of gas. Yeah. That was, yeah. We had a great series with the Caps, too. Yeah. Well, I remember... I think it's after game three that their coach, Murray, mm. said that I, they had me under control. I don't know if you remember that or not, Tom. Uh, no. He said after the third game, and then we, we went boom, 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 boom. Uh, <laughs> he was barking at us a lot from the bank. Oh, I know. He did that. I, I never liked that from a coach. Yeah. You're not going out there. Shut up. I mean, you know, know. I'm the one who's going out there. You're not. You, I mean, the guy. I mean, I know. I always hated that when a coach would yell. If, if our I don't think I ever had a coach that would yell at the opposition. I think it was. I, I he, never he, had one. I don't think. I don't yeah. think. But when you hear, like that's all he did. You remember he yelled. Anyway, we yeah. ended up beating them too, and that was great. So I hate to say this because he's he's lost. He lost him now. He's gone. But uh, he had the uh, uh, hair lip too. <laughs> so we always make fun of him and imitate him. No, that was that. What are you gonna do? <laughs> oh, I know. Like he, he'd stand. Like sometimes he'd open the door and he'd stand right there at the door yapping at just to listen to him. Oh yeah, and he's spitting all over the place. <laughs> terrible to say that. Guys are awful. Oh, we would make fun of him. And the guys on the on their team, they obviously didn't like it either. So like he was kind of in front of them, so you can see them laughing or trying not to laugh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you a good chirper? Oh yeah. Oh yes, he was. I mean, you got that. Remember what the, Mike Keaton was coaching the Flyers then? Yeah. Yeah. And he was yelling at me on this on a face up by the bench, and I never ever in my life look at a coach and said something, but I was so yeah. tired of it. And I told him, I said, in, in certain ways, you know what? You can't bark at me as much as you want. You don't come in the ice. So yeah. shut up. And yeah. all the whole bench was laughing because they yeah. didn't like him at all. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, what a jerk he was. I, yeah. mean, I, I remember actually when we got Seder, Mark Howe that I played with, Mark called me and he went, good luck. <laughs> yeah. I said, what? Oh, did he? he? Said, oh. Good luck. Oh. oh, yeah. Because he was in Philly. He was assistant coach. Oh. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. You mentioned Mark, you mentioned Mark how uh, Larry Plow was a general manager in Hartford. 
Yep. When Mark Howe was there. Yep. And uh, Larry Plo told me later, he says, I almost lost my job. I was going to trade you for Mark Howe. <laughs> I said, it's a good thing you didn't do that. Well, he, he traded a man away to Philly. So. Uh, yeah, that's right, too. Huh? Got, I, got some, I think that, uh, what's his name, got some share in Spectrum at the time. I'm not too sure. But... Oh, <laughs> I mean, well, Bal, Bal, it was Baldwin was the owner. Uh, so did you finish your career in New York? Yep, that was it. I hurt my hip, and uh, they didn't know at the time what they could do. I, I popped my librium in my hip. So I was okay. like five, six years suffering with that. Oh. And by the time in 95, we... We, we came back to Pittsburgh and Murray got hurt with his hip, the same thing I had. And he met Dr. Philippon, a French-Canadian oh. guy that was working for the Pittsburgh uh, UPMC. And Mario went to see him. And day later, I was there and surgery. And I went up with two of them because I, I, I kept trying to play. And I went up tearing my muscle to my stomach. So they had to put a mesh too. And oh. I, was, I was done after 10 games that year because it did, nobody. every time I tried to go, it wouldn't work. Obviously, I had a torn ligament on my left hip. I couldn't shoot. And, and that was it. So had you kept a home in Pittsburgh the whole time? Uh, not when I played for the Rangers. We stayed in uh, in New York. Yeah, I really, that's right. My yeah. wife and I really love New York. And yeah. I still do. Uh, I, I thought it was a great experience playing in, in Madison Square Garden as yeah, a visitor and as a player. Yeah, the fan, fans loved you too. Your team, you see the thing too, when I look back and I see the players that I really respected, like, like you could tell the rest of the team really loved you too. Like you're a, well, you're a good team player. I loved, I loved everyone, and that's a great thing. I mean, you dream as a little boy skating outside, and then in Amherst, go back far away from everything you ever dream, and then boom, the first, you're playing against yeah. – I remember my first game against uh, Minnesota. Uh, I was standing there looking at their sweater because I, I never – you know, we, we didn't see that. Yeah. And I'm looking, and Pronovo came by in French because I, I was just – don't speak the language. Not then. Not, not that I'm better now, but right. he said, what are you doing? I said, look how beautiful those sweaters are. He goes, you better look this side because guys are getting pissed. He goes, what is he doing? I just, you want to go play for them? So I said, no, I just like the sweater. It's okay. But That's the same thing for me with Montreal, too, going to the Montreal Forum and everything. Oh, uh, man. That was... You know, I never won a freaking game there as a visitor. Oh, really? Oh, ever. Wow. That's the only building I never won. Wow. Uh, I, guess I remember when I was talking about Larry Robinson before. It must have been my third or fourth year in the league. I was assistant captain and. Something happened during the play, and you know the two captains, the captains from each team, go to the referee at center ice to talk to him. And so Larry's the, one of the captains from Montreal, so I'm standing beside Larry, and I'm, I'm trying to act pretty cool, you know, because I'm thinking like, "Oh, Larry Robinson's right here," you know. And all of a sudden, I hear this chirping out of my left ear, and I'm thinking, "Well, the referee's not talking." So is Larry Robinson talking to me? And he's making fun of me. He's going, and he looks at me, and he goes, "What do you want, old man?" And Larry, Larry Robinson's saying this to me, and I'm thinking, "You're," and I said to him, "You're calling me old man," and he starts just dying laughing and red skates away, and the referees die laughing too. Uh, so. that, that's the way. That's, oh. You know what? A lot of that happened in those days, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah, you don't yeah. see that anymore. We used to able to have a conversation. Now they, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because you know, next play, if I'd done something to him, he would have knocked me out cold if he wanted to. I mean, it wasn't like we we're going to stop playing hard just because we were talking to each other. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. The beauty of that, I mean, Larry was like one of a kind. You know, yeah. It's it's yeah. it's well said too that you could put his name beside Bobby Orr because yeah. I thought the same thing too. Yeah. Big Bird was awesome. Oh, great man. guy, great team guy. I mean, everything about him. Yeah, I've never seen him mad. Never seen him talk yeah. about bad about anybody. Yeah. He was so steady. He was just a, a great friend too. So yeah, yeah. But he really good team player. Yeah, the team oh, was yes, all he was. a team. Yeah. Remember when you know what I loved about him too? You know, he was famous for coming around the back of the net in his own zone and making that pass up the middle of the ice. Always. Yeah, and, and what's about? He's yeah. bring me away a lot of times. Just brought sure. me away. 
And once in a while, it would get picked off. But you know what I liked about him? He didn't change. He said, nope, I'm going to do it. It's worked over and over. It's, it didn't work this time, but I keep on doing it. So I really respected that about him, that he had that mental strength, you know, to, to keep on doing what he did well. Do you remember when he got on the ice with the, the skates not laced to fight the Dave Scholes in the playoff? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, how about the hit on Gary Dornhofer against the boards Ooh. there? Did he break the boards there in Montreal Forum? I don't know if he did, but we it hurt. You made the noise. You could hear oh. it. Yeah, I mean, that was nasty. Uh, so, yeah. Pierre, you, you look back at your playing career. Any regrets at all? I always said I would not. My my goal was to get in there, and I did. Regrets, we all have some. Yeah. But to change my, I don't know if my life would be better or worse by changing anything. Yeah. I think my wife, my life was what it was, and it was. I, I was telling that my buddy the other day. So how fortunate I was to, to, to who I met and where I traveled and yeah. played with, and I played in a place where. When I was a kid skating on the ice, I wanted to play in the NHL. Yeah. And then you get there, like we said earlier, and you play. You're like, wow, it's quite yeah. an accomplishment to anybody that yeah. ever went through all this stuff you had to go through to, to, to wind up playing in the NHL. It's not easy. Yeah. Isn't it true? Right? If somebody told you at eight years old that you're going to do the things that you did on the ice and off the ice, you'd be like, come on, no way. No, right? no, but you just, yeah. Again, like I told you, the day of the draft, you're still like, you still wait to be drafted. You're yeah. scared shit. That it's yeah. not, I mean, where are you going to go? Uh, because you, you know, we didn't know then. We didn't know that. Yeah. Nothing about that. And then you get picked in the first round. That was awesome. Yeah, no kidding. It's great confidence. Yeah, but like you said too, I think you were smart enough to understand at that time. Listen, just because I got drafted doesn't mean I've done anything yet, right? I still right. have to do well, the work. You, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So after the game, then uh, so you moved back. You and your wife moved back to Pittsburgh, correct? In right ninety five. In okay. ninety five. Good. And then, so you're always a good golfer, but you got into the pro golfing tour? No, we're done with that. Getting too old, too many banged up. Yeah, but uh, you did that yeah, for a few years. I played a long years. time. We started in 92 yeah. till 2008 or whatever. So that was fun. A lot of fun. Wow. So did you, like, I mean, you're getting paid for that and everything? Well, no, we have to earn your pay. That's where right. you finish. And they, wow. we, we didn't get no appearances fees. You have to go. They, okay. Everybody made money. If you play good, you got more than the rest of them, obviously. And wow. That was fun. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Pierre, is that how you got close with Mario, just by playing golf in Pittsburgh? No. If you go on YouTube, uh, 1984, I went to give – well, Mario went up breaking the record in goal and points, but I still have the assist record in Quebec League. So that was right after we got beat by the Islanders in overtime, Tommy. Uh, oh, yeah. Gee whiz. We should, yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, I went to Quebec City to give Mario's uh, trophy, the Jean Beliveau trophy for – leading scorer in the Quebec League. And I met him then, and I met him when he came to Pittsburgh to skate with us in the Summer League. So I'd known him way before golf. Oh, gotcha. You got any good Mario stories for us? <laughs> one good one? Oh, gee. <laughs> None that you can tell on the show. <laughs> no, no. He's, 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 he does things like he, he doesn't – he's, he's pretty secretive as far as like stuff he does or yeah, yeah. what he talks about. So sometimes he'll do something – like – Here's what happened. In 1999, he buys the team. We're playing golf. He goes, why don't you come, you know, work for us? I said, what do you want me to do? He said, well, just be with me. Well, just whatever. i never done that before because, nobody, you know, we played. We didn't know nothing about management. And next thing I know, I'm in the box sitting with him. He still played then. Then he came in the box after he retired. And I was, I've been with him for 22 years, since 1999. Man. You know the story I, I think about when I uh, talk about Mario when he first came in, like everybody, like he's a young kid, eighteen years old, and you know, really talented and everything. But he was a little—he's young, right? So it, me as my job, I could push him around a little bit or pin him against the boards. But as t time went on, not only was he a, a really talented player, but he became a real competitor too. A lot oh, like this, like Steve yeah, Eisenman kind of rising. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, you know what? You start you're playing with a with a bad team. After a while, it's difficult. Yeah. And then they get Tuckett, they get Francis, Stevens, yeah. on and on and on. You got Barasa on the net. You got Mur Murphy on defense with other guys. All of a sudden, they're a powerful team. Yeah. And you took them on his back and did what he did. I mean, yeah. uh, you see some of the goals he scored. I mean, he was right. such a big boy and he got stronger. And oh, yeah. He was pretty like, fun you know, to watch. Like, and obviously, Wayne Gretzky's Wayne Gretzky. But, you know, Mario is like playing against him one-on-one. -on -one, you know, again, I was supposed to be that really good defensive defenseman. And I tell you, playing against him, you really had to be on your on your toes because he was – one time uh, when in L.A. and Mike Allison, who you played with here in New York, was um, – in LA and Robert Fatorik was coaching. So uh, he wanted Mike Allison to shadow a Mario, but Mario was smart enough to put puck in their zone. He would just come out and stand by me at the blue line. So Mike Allison and Mary Lemieux, Tom Laidlaw are all standing together. At the blue line. Oh, two, two on one, the old two yeah. on one, go, go right. stand beside someone. Oh God. So we finally went into Robbie. So Robbie, that's just, it's not Mike's fault. But we we got to change this, you know, so we'll keep us all on the ice together, but don't have Mike ch chasing around. So <laughs> we shut him down enough, but uh, he still got his points, but we saw no, no, it was tremendous to watch. Great yeah. golfer too. We yeah. belong to the same club. We played a lot of golf. Right. So how long did you work for? Are you still working for the team then? Well, I'm still on, but Mario just sold the team. So oh, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen after Christmas, but uh, hey, it was a great run. Whatever happens, I got no problem with it. 21 yeah. years, you know, pretty neat. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. I remember when you and I, you and I saw each other, I went into his box there and he had all his buddies there. He's great, he's great that way. It looked like he was oh, really yeah. taking yeah. care of well, he, he's uh, Again, you look at his foundation. He's been given over $25 million to his oh. foundation for cancer research for children for whatever blood he does he does so much his, his legacy is already secured as far as like uh, after hockey stuff that you do uh, i mean he's still doing it uh, we have something else coming up we had this walk in october it's a run and a walk and there was like four thousand people he's been doing it he's been great for for, for the community well pierre you mentioned before uh, you and tom mentioned the 84 loss to the islanders um was that your biggest disappointment, Tom? That, that... Oh, yeah. Well, Pierre, I'll let you talk about it too. But for me, we'd, uh, we'd been up in the series two games to one, and we're playing at the Garden and lost that game to them. We should have won that. 2-1, I think. We lost 2-1. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, – but I've watched the video. I'm sure you have, Pierre, that, that game five when Kenny Morrow scored. What a great game that was. That, you know what? We all played them too. I yeah. saw that game. I saw yeah. one of the few times I ever looked, I watched the game. Yeah. And, and I, don't think, I think it's the only time I ever watched the game. We all played them. Oh, we all played I know. Them. And we outplayed him in the series. Like you said, we should have won game four. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. The and, just, yeah. and they went on to win the cup again. But, yeah. man, that, that was pretty much like – in the four game we lost against the Islanders when I was here in 75, I didn't know about that record. I was 19 years old, so it's like whatever. But that one, I really – I we had a great team. I, I thought that would yeah. be – we'd make a long run on that one. I really yeah. did. We had uh, Clark Gillies contacting me. We were doing the Facebook show where we had Dave Maloney and Grash. And, and Clark Gillies contacted me, like a little kid, too. He was funny. He says, can I come on the show? Can I come on the show? So we had him on. And he was great with us. And he really, uh, he told us that if we had won that series, he thought we would have won the cup that year, too. Yeah, so, well, yeah. He talked, Clark, he's a great guy. I, I know another one that I got to met through golf. And uh, oh. uh, what, a, what a job he did in New York with his yeah. foundation and his yeah. wife, Pam. And, and yeah. obviously, we lost him. We lost Lafleur. We lost... Uh, bossy, I mean, that's just yeah. one bomb bomb three in a row. So, Emil Francis, yeah. hopefully, that's going to stay away from us for a while. Yeah, Roger Bear, Emil Francis, all those yeah, things, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, remember, uh, speaking of somebody that passed away, Carol Vadney was uh, did you oh. know that right? Yeah, <laughs> he was great. He took he took me on his way when he retired and got into coaching. He really treated me fantastic, like teaching yeah, me. Well, he knew, he knew what no, no, he was a great defenseman. There was no, yeah. Defense. 
he and talking about Clark Gillies. <laughs> yeah. So one game, you know, Matt had the, the French accent there. He goes, so tell me, you go to the front of the net with that Gillies, you punch him right in the chest. <laughs> so if that it was at that point where Matt told me to do something, I was going to do it. So go in front of the net and the whistle blows. I punch Gillies in the chest. And he looks at me with that one eyebrow going across the top and said, what do you want? <laughs> I'm thinking we're bad. I said, okay, Matt, you can tell me what to do next. Uh, he was, he, he oh, was like. Uh, we won uh, one year with a preseason game, and we got Jaco Caillou just became our trainer. Yeah, yeah. And Clarky's by the board, and I started giving him shit for fun, right? Yeah. And, Ka- and the play starts, and Caillou comes to me and goes, I never heard nobody talk to him like that before. <laughs> I said, Don't worry about him. My boy's holding the control. Oh, <laughs> Clarky looked, he goes, Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, good thing, it's good thing Clarky was a good guy, too. Like, oh, he, my God. It oh, could have been me. He, oh. it, it took him a while to get me, and asked ask oh, Pilar about that. But Oh, yeah. Pierre, did you get me? I mean, we see this fight. They show this fight on, on two or YouTube and stuff like that. You look at it once in a while. Somebody will talk about Clucky. I said, put his name in. Take a look oh. what he did. I oh. mean, O'Reilly and him and on and on and oh. on. Oh, the, the night that he broke any hospitalized jobs. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, that was nasty. Pierre, do you get any scraps yourself? I was not there, but I was told a couple of times. He said, Eddie, go away. Eddie, yeah. go away. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, but he was telling him this, you know, to leave me oh, alone. No. It is very true. And Clark even told the story about it too. Yeah, he kept telling Eddie, Eddie, don't do it anymore. I'm going to knock you out. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. Man, I've never seen hits, somebody get hit that hard. Right. They both, Eddie and uh, Clark, both, both ended up playing in Buffalo together. And so- Clark tells the story that he invited Eddie over for dinner. And uh, Clarky's uh, son, I think it was, was sitting at the dinner table, and he asked Eddie, he says, you ever lost any teeth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your dad knocked him out. Yeah, just, uh, just, just show your hockey is like, you know, one day you're yeah. playing against the I try yeah. to take you out. The next day he's in your room, and he becomes yeah. your best friend and your teammate. Isn't that true? I like. I was telling the story. Uh, Bob Nishman knocked me out, put me in the hospital the playoffs in uh, maybe '82 or '83. And uh, since then, we know each other, and I've talked to him on the phone a few times. And I was telling somebody, "Man, I got a lot, a lot of respect for Bob Nishman." You know, he knocked me out one night, put me in the hospital. And the person goes, "What? What did you just say? You got respect for a guy who just knocked you out?" I said, "Yeah, that's the way we do things." Yeah. But you know what? If you remember in those days, that series against the Islanders was hard and clean. Oh. I don't even know if there was a fight. Yep, I think I Georgie fought Nystrom in Long Island, and I was like, yep. "Whoa!" Yep, totally. Yeah, Georgie you're right on that. We concentrated on playing hockey. Yeah, it was, was good. Man, I I see him when he when he was GM. He'd come in Pittsburgh to play with his Golden Knights. Yeah, and he was a tough freaking oh. bugger, wasn't he? <laughs> Well, I played college against him, and we couldn't fight in college. And he was always spearing me. And I'm thinking, and I thought I was the toughest guy on the planet back then. And there's here's this little guy spearing me and everything. I said, "What is going on?" So he got called up. He was in the minors, like you said. That game we fought Nystrom. I think it was his first game. He got called up, and I didn't know how tough he was. And he he went to square off with him at first, and I figured I got to step in and save George, this little guy, you know. And uh, he's George's now mad at me. He screams like, "What are you doing?" And so they got out of the penalty box and went at it. And I was like, okay, so I'm stepping out of the way here. This kid's tough. I, I, I remember Nystrom's face going, all right, that's enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, kept, he kept coming and coming. Oh. That's what took him out of hockey. Remember, his knuckles yeah. were all banged up. Yeah. yeah. He's done a good job uh, off the ice, too, building Washington. He had a big part, part in that. Good job in Vegas or two. So, well, well. it's, it's it, time, mother, mother Nature and time is taking over to the team. And, uh, you know, guys are getting older and older. But, yeah. The, the thing about the league, you never know who's going to win any any time, any night. Yeah. There's not really one yep. dominant dominant team like the other night. Uh, uh, who beat uh, Colorado? Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, some team was. Well, Chicago came in, came in here and beat the Rangers. You know, Chicago had one eight in a row and they beat the Rangers. And that's so, what yeah. I mean. It's like you never know anymore because the way the game is. There's not – I mean, there's not really a powerful, powerful team. You would say they have yeah. the advantage to win the cup. Yeah, definitely. What I yeah, Colorado, yeah, maybe Colorado a little bit last year, but they had that the year before that too and lost. So, yeah. 
So, Pierre, what are you doing now? Then you're not golfing. The body's beat up a little bit. No more golf. Nah, no. Well, I play a little bit, not as much as, as used to. You know, you get in the sore. The surgeries you have, they start to show up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but again, uh, it's it's great. I mean, whatever it is, I I know I know why we're sore today because what we did, but. Yeah, I wouldn't change oh. nothing for it. Yeah, I'm saying, well, you do it over again, twice again, right? You, even if you knew you're gonna have a little sore, maybe a little smarter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. But that's for like when I asked him before about regrets. Yeah, you can look back and say, "Geez, we could have done this, we could have done that." But you know what? I got like you're a fantastic person now, and everything that's happened to you in the past has made you what you are now. So I, mean, I don't want to change anything. It's, no, I wouldn't. I mean, it's I, what what you know. Like I I did an interview. I don't remember exactly when the guy asked me. What I would change, I said, well, I would have bought a lot of gold in 1976 <laughs> <laughs> at 25 bucks an ounce. I yeah. would have loaded on it. That's what I would change. Hockey, uh, nothing like you can't yeah. change hockey. And yeah. the one kid asked me, what do you miss the most about not playing? And as I said, I said, I got a hard time finding 20 guys to shower with me at two in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and then go have a glass of wine with them too. Or several right, glasses of wine. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh. What's it called? We used to get Finney. Where was that place? Yeah, Jeff Finn, the pub. Yep, there the you pub, go. The pub. Oh, God. We, oh. we had some good. I know the, the, like, physically the drinking was not good for us. <laughs> I know. But, but the times we had together, like, I, like it just felt like that was the game back then. It was like, you got to, like, it was kind of like, as you know, it was an unwritten rule. Hey, the guys are going for a few beers. You got to go. Right? If you want yeah, to we, we had lunch, and, and, and that was that's another aspect of the game that nobody knows about how much yeah. we enjoyed each other having yeah. lunch, chewing the breeze, yeah. Yeah. on and on. I mean, again, all fortunate that we got to get to the highest level of the game and meet the people we met and yeah, totally. the enjoyment out of it was unbelievable. Yeah. So you were here when Herb was here then too, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So were you there when we had the uh, little stag party for Gresh in the, in the pub? You were that? Oh yeah. Oh, so remember, remember the guy Bender? So oh, the, Bob, we, the little guy. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, we were closing off the pub. So it's for Gresh's party. And so Finn obviously knew well, so we, you know, we were going to take care of him. He was going to be losing money, but we took care of him, made sure it was fine. But it was the one guy, the postal worker, that Bob Bender, oh. who just lo loved Herb, right? And he, we said, okay, Bob, you can spend a little bit of time with Herb. You can meet him, uh, but then you've got to leave right away. So I guess he was sitting in there drinking and eating all day long. And uh, when Herb comes in, he's so nervous talking to Herb. Uh, we're watching him the whole time. And uh, he starts like looking like he's going to throw up. And we're like, oh, no, he's, he's going to blow. He's going to blow. Now, this is the first time Herb Brooks has ever been in the pub. He doesn't like this place. He doesn't like us hanging around there. No. And we're saying, oh, Bob's going to blow. There's, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> he threw up all over Herb's shoes. Oh, so I Herb's remember, in, yeah, yeah. You remember? the end of that. <laughs> we're just yeah. dying laughing for Herb. stories are great. I was telling somebody the other day, I wish that when we were young growing up, that we had those phones. And what's yeah. growing up? I mean, like now they're. They'll show Stan Coast. They'll show other guys when they were little people. Yeah. That would have been a great – because we had a peewee. We went to Quebec City. We lost in the final. We, yeah. I mean, that would be nice to be able now to look at it and say, look, we played a Quebec tournament. And, and, yeah. But we have no a picture. That's it. There's no yeah, I know. Is that video true? My parents, Yeah, my parents did a pretty good job of saving pictures, but it's just, just pictures, yeah. Yeah, well, that's oh, all we yeah. have, but it's nice. I don't, I don't look at the pictures uh, anymore, but not any less. If I see it, I look. Yeah. Because the yeah. memories, everything I look at a picture, there's a memory behind it. And 99% yeah, of the time, they create memories because they involve my teammates or whatever. So Yeah. And and, and you're and thinking back how much how we're feeling, right? You're dreaming of playing in the National Hockey League, and then you're there. And yeah, that's just true. That's so, amazing. I mean, just the fact that we got there. I mean, so many people tried to get there. I know. He was. Isn't that true? You, like your first play, I, I told the story. The first game, I first regular season game I played was Boston. I just could not believe I was in the NHL. It was just an incredible feeling. Yeah. Where was your uh, first game? That was in Minnesota. 
Oh, okay. And I scored against Cesare Maniago. I said, Oh, Cesare, nice. <laughs> That's the name you, of you, scored, you scored your first game? Yeah. I think, oh, very cool. Not, I don't know if it's my first shift, but I think it was the second one. Wow. You and Mario, right? Wasn't Mario? Well, Mario's going his first shift, so I'll leave first it to that. Well, I actually scored my first game as well. I was, bank, I was so nervous, I banked the puck off JD's leg in their own net the first game of the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> good goal good goal plus one <laughs> yeah JD, come on jd stop the puck for god's sake wake up in there <laughs> that's what so, i tell people they ask yeah. me why why you guys didn't block shots i said first of all we had the equipment suck and the goalie back there got paid to stop it so we got out of the way because <laughs> that suck it hurt remember how bad the oh. equipment was my oh terrible yeah you yeah. block shots i don't know why you block shots with the equipment we have my yeah oh, oh i know yeah. <laughs> And I had to. I had to. Yeah, I turned the puck over so much. I had to block the shot. After yeah, I turned it come over. on, don't don't sell yourself short, Tom. You're a great uh, defenseman. Uh, we had a blast playing with you. Uh, we had a blast playing together. Remember our uh, training camp there? You came and stayed with me too. We really got pretty close. Remember we went on vacation together. Yeah, Where it was, was all going? good. I mean, it was a yeah. great time. I mean, oh man. I mean, yeah, like, 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 like let's think. I wouldn't change nothing, but it'd be nice to run it again. Yeah. And, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But not change nothing. Just run it again. So I remember taking pictures, videos, and see. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Very true. That was great. Yeah, I know. Isn't it true? The memory, like talking to you now, I mean, we haven't talked to each other in a while. That like, bring back all the memories of those teams we had and how close yeah. we were. And yeah. Yeah. Cool. It was just, uh, you know, like, like I said, and I said it before, and I'll say it again. Once you wear the blue shirt in New York, yeah. it's just, for yeah. some reason, it's like the Montreal Canadian, New York Rangers, original yeah. six. I think it leaves an imprint on you that yeah. you play for the New York Rangers and the Montreal Canadians. I mean, like, you know. Yeah, very true. When I got traded to LA, we still had the purple and gold jerseys. I remember coming into Montreal, we were in the purple and gold jerseys, and it was almost like embarrassing. Like this. I is remember those things. Oh man, they're they're kind of cool now. Like as a retro. Now, now they're cool because. Yeah. But what about the Vancouver Canucks when they oh, came up with that? That was awesome. That was. How about the Pittsburgh jersey when you were there? What was it like? Was it a good one? The blue one, yeah. Oh, that's right. It was the blue. It that's looks right. almost yeah. like it almost looked like purple. Almost. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, so obviously, you, when you were there in Pittsburgh the first time, you liked it, and that's why you went back. Is that? Is well, Sydney was from Pittsburgh. I always oh. like Pittsburgh. It's an easy place to live. I wish I could have stayed in New York, but at the time there was no. Yeah. I mean, you didn't get an opportunity to do. Not, I mean, as far as like getting a job with the Rangers or something, that was almost impossible. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, in '95, it was you know I didn't want to waste all the money I had saved in New York because it's expensive and yeah. nothing was going on. I tried in different ways, but. So we came back to Pittsburgh, 95. Cool. Very cool. Are you going to stay there, Pierre? Are you going to go down to Florida? I'm going to go down to Florida a little bit this year. It's the first year that um, I may do that and enjoy it because I never spent a month in Florida before. So cool. at age 67, I finally get to go there for a month. Good. You got a place down there? No. Oh. I'll rent one for the month. And cool. Maybe February and come back. And You're looking good, too. You look like you're in shape and everything, too. Well, there's no food in the fridge there, Tom. That's the key. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key. There's no food oh. in the fridge. Oh, God. You're, you're probably the best wine drinker in the history of the National Hockey League, too, aren't you? That was pretty good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been 13 years, though, Tom. Oh, you haven't drank in 13 years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Wow, good uh, job. Thank you, yeah. thank you. That's not a quite an accomplishment for me. Well, I, I was telling somebody a story the other day. It might have been even Tom, uh, our producer here, but uh, you know, thinking back to those days, it's just it, that was the that's culture. what it was. Yeah, right. I, Everybody did. That's yeah. all I remember. Yep. It's almost like if you didn't drink, it was like, what's wrong with this guy? I remember Kelly Miller and uh, Mike Ridley uh, came up and we went out to Orn and Reskies one night after a game, and they ordered a glass of milk, and we were outraged. We really were mad. Wow. We're like, if, you, if you didn't come out, I'm sorry, I lost you for a sec. Yeah, no uh, if you don't, if you didn't come out with the 
yeah. with the boys. There was yeah. stuff to pay the next day at practice. Yeah, I mean, it really was. It was like was we said, of. have yeah. a couple of beers. We're not asking you to get drunk and stay till four yeah. in the morning. Come out yeah. lunch, have a couple of beers, so we get to know everybody. So yeah, yeah, you loosen up the bonding part of it and everything. What's the well, that's the part. I mean, yeah. those kids. You know, don't forget too. That's when we started to see college more college kids yeah. that come in. Yeah, and like we're like in the league for seven, eight, nine, ten years. It, it started Europeans. So everything yeah. started changing a lot, and and yeah. it, you got to be a team. You got to be together, and yeah. that's the end of that. Remember, little rare roots Lane, He came in. He didn't like oh. talk at all for like the first two months. You know, he was really quiet. We went to the pub one day to have a few cocktails. And all of a sudden, he was a motorboat. He was talking all day long. <laughs> he drank. He didn't give a spot. We all did. Oh. That was fun. Oh. Is that true? We think back about those guys like rare roots Lane and Thomas Sandstrom, Jan Erickson, all those Swedes come over. They were good guys too. Sure, yeah. yeah. That, that the big Thomas. He was like, yeah, didn't say much, didn't he? No. Oh. Do, do you remember, remember when, when Bron, Bron giving the shot? Oh. oh yeah. Oh. How about tonight the time in practice with Glenn Hannon chasing around the ice a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> we we see we see a lot of that stuff. Oh, is that funny? Oh god. Oh, yeah. Glenn Glenny Hanlon is one of the best teammates ever, too. I love Glenny. Was he yeah. fun in that? Yeah. The way totally. he was like lefty catcher and yeah. He yeah. was great. I mean, you look at the other team. <clears throat> we used to have some great Halloween parties. Yeah. Oh yeah. I Definitely. mean, it was just unbelievable. We, uh, what did Tom go dressed as? Charlie Brown? I don't remember what I don't, I don't remember what I went at. So. Yeah, I can't remember. Either, <laughs> I yeah. one thing we had a good time. That I know. Yeah, yeah. The, the costumes are almost secondary. We just, we just <laughs> yeah. the, the, that, that was the purpose of, of the Halloween yeah. cocktail. Definitely. So, is your uh, retirement then now for you, Pierre? If this is the well, like that, it could be. Um, I don't know what the new owner from the Boston Group have in mind. Right. Um, I talked a little bit to them. See, see what happened at the end of the month. And good. I mean, if if I stay, I stay. If I not, I got. That's one thing I don't have any regret with that. It was a great run, I had right. a great time. But I can't see you sitting around doing nothing, though, right? You're no, be, no, no, I still can play golf. I can yeah. enjoy it outside. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not stuck in the house. I move around. I do a lot of good stuff. So good, good deal. Good. Well, you're a great teammate. I'll tell you, I'm just blast playing with you. You're a good man. No, Tommy, I missed you too, and uh, love you a lot. It's a uh, Memories I would never exchange for nothing, buddy. They were great. Man, isn't, that, isn't that true? Fantastic. Unbelievable. Right? What a like great time. I, I, I talked to Gresh the other day. Oh, you I'm did? I'm watching cool. the Rangers, and I see a kid with number four on. Right. So I send him a text. I said, you th- your number is not retired yet. What's going on here? So he <laughs> called me. I said, I said, he said, Pep, do you believe that? I said, I can't believe the number four is here. I mean, don't retire, but nobody should wear it. You were there. Oh, You're yeah. the longest ever. Yeah. Whatever. Gresh was great player, great teammate. Yeah. I don't know why his sweater's not retired. I have no idea why. I know. And all the and every time he goes to the garden too, the fans are always coming up to him and saying the same thing too. So well, I, mean, he, he, yeah. I mean, he played all his life there. He, yeah. I mean, he's just, a New Yorker. Just yeah, that yeah. is an accomplishment. Yeah. He's a New Yorker too, right? He lived in the city. Yeah. And, uh, I always love to talk to Gresh. <laughs> uh, well, Pierre, listen, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's a real thrill to be the fans listen to the old stories and everything. They got a kick out of it. So it's great to see you again. I do love you too. You're a great man. I love you, Tommy. Tom, Tom, and Tom. Thank you so much, brother. You be right. safe. You come to Pittsburgh. Yep. Give me a shout. You better. Yeah, I, I'll definitely do that. But talk to you. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Oh man, that was for me. That was huge as a kid, as a Ranger fan. Like I looked up to Pierre Larouche. He almost got fifty. Yeah, we never knew like why he got cold at the end, but that story he told us about the the can. Yeah, I know. Great personality too. He was a fantastic teammate. I'll never forget when uh, our wonderful friend Ted Sater sent him to the minors. He was said we it backfired on him. I think he felt like he was going to try to 
show about who's the boss, but Pierre was so liked by his teammates that we all wanted back. It was like he's he really was one of the characters in the game. Yeah, and he helped you guys on that that run when you almost yeah. you got to the final four. It was uh it was pretty impressive and pretty incredible. You know, just a just a great story and and you know what yeah. a player. Yeah, he's got some great stories. Maybe you should do like an, an X-rated version of it one time because he'll be uh he's got some other stories that are pretty. Funny. I don't know. If that's a different podcast. Yeah. I think. Yeah, you know, we, we didn't. I, we should have asked him who was a better golfer, him or Mario. But I think yeah, he'd probably say he was right. Yeah, definitely. All right, grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. Wait up, Ken. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Fantastic show. We'll see you next time.